Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. I'm fired up. I'm excited about what God is doing in all of our lives. He's doing a super added work. That's the name of the series that we're in, a super added life. I'm telling you, don't waste any more time. Join me in this quest as God continues to deliver on his promises of a super added life that he has for us. I don't care what station of life that you're in. You can be a student. Hey, one of my students in my own house just took the ACT test, and I'm going to tell you something, a super added score. Come on. And I'm telling you, you know, super added score, man, it means that's a little bit easier on dad's pocketbook. Come on. So I want you to know, super added, God's super added life is available to all of us. Maybe you need a super added touch in your marriage. Maybe you need a super added touch in your business. I'm telling you right now, God is doing some amazing things. And won't you join your faith? Won't you join me in this this journey where we are going after the super added life that God has for us? So God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. I just know that the Lord is going to do some amazing things. We consider it an honor and a privilege when you worship with us, especially if you're worshiping with us for the first time, go to our website, fill out that, that I'm new here, do it after the service, okay? And just let us know that you're with us and we just want you to know we are grateful that you're joining us today. Again, we're in the middle of the series called Super Added. And if you want to pick up speed with where we are, you can go back to our website and listen to some of the messages. I'm telling you, revelations have been coming out. God has a super added life for you, a super added life for me. We're getting that scripture from John 10, 10, which says the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. And that word abundantly in the Greek is super added. That that word came right from Jesus, the head of the church. Our Lord and Savior promises us that you and I can live a super added life right now. So many times people think when we we talk about this, they always equate it to money. But I'm going to tell you something. There is a super added peace that wants to give you. There is a super added joy that God wants to give you. A super added favor. Come on. A super added uh, life that's anxious free. A super added life that knows how much God loves you. This is where we're going in this series. So join your faith with me. I have another super added scripture for you today that I just think is going to just be such a pinnacle of the things that we've been talking about. God gave me this scripture. He gave me this phrase. And I I was laying in bed in Michigan and, and the Lord just woke me up with this phrase. Listen, today's super added phrase is going to be beauty for ashes. God wants to give you and I beauty out of ashes, life 
out of dead things. That's where we're going to go here today. So I want you to join your faith with me. Get your Bibles out. We're going to get into this right now. Come on, let's pray and let's believe God in a big, big way for a super added revelation today as we go through the Word of God. Father, we just thank you so much for the Word. Thank you so much for all of these who are here. Lord, bless me today in a super added way to deliver this message. Lord, bless us today in a super added way to walk in all that you have for us. Holy Spirit, empower us. We believe that we receive these things today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Come on, are you guys ready to have a super added day with me? I'm so excited about this message, and, and, and I'm excited about the prophetic implication. I feel like this, there's going to be a prophetic release today. That's why I really want you to stick with me. And you may want to invite somebody to join this message, somebody that's experienced some loss in their life. I'm telling you, God is going to turn beauty um, take beauty out of, or make beauty out of our ashes, okay? All right, so we find that scripture in Isaiah 61. Come on, turn in your Bibles there with me. Let's read this together. This is the, the context of everything that we're gonna be talking about today. I just gotta say it again. God wants to super add to your life. Any area of your life that you feel like you've experienced loss, any area of your life that you may have experienced atrophy or where you may have gone backwards or maybe you've lost something, I'm telling you right now, whatever station in your life, whether you're a senior citizen, you're a student, business person, homemaker, God is going to super add to your life. All right. Isaiah 61, look what it says here. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Now watch this. To comfort all who mourn. This is awesome. To console those who mourn in Zion. I'm going to share this in a second. All right. To give them beauty for ashes. There's our text. Underline that. We're going to come back to that. The oil of joy for mourning. Some of us, man, we just need to laugh. Some of us, we just need to be in joy again. We've been through a sad season. And I'm telling you right now, God's going to super add joy to you. All right. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm telling you, the spirit of heaviness is lifting that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. All right. Oh, man, so much is in the scripture, but I want to focus in on this. He tells them very clearly that he's going to take our ashes and turn them into something beautiful. I don't know how God does it, but he just does. And I want you to know something. If you look at yourself in the mirror, you get a great example of how God took something that was dust, something that was ashes, and he created you. God created the first man, Adam, out of the dirt, out of ashes, you could say. And he created this beautiful thing called the human race. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, I'm telling you, it's a great reminder right over here. Man, 
man, this is beauty for ashes. Come on, somebody. All right, so I want you to know, this is God's way. This is God's way throughout the scripture. He is always bringing dead things back to life. Did you know that Romans chapter 4 says that we serve the God who raises the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were? This is the God that we serve. And we're going to find out today that there could be some dead things in our life. And when God super adds to our life, he literally can take something that's dead and bring it back to life. Yeah, I'm going to take you here today. We're going to take some time here and, and, and jump off and be bold about this today. What's dead in your life that needs to come back to life? Is, you, is that business dead? Is there a relationship dead? Extended family member relationship dead? Marriage, it's dying. Whatever it is that's dead or dying, I'm telling you, God can bring it back to life. Why? Because he will super add to it. All right, I want to see a scripture here in the Old Testament. I want you to see something here, a perfect example of this happening, all right? 2 Kings in chapter 4, this is a beautiful story about a woman... Uh, from Shunem. They called her the Shunemite woman. And this is a this is a beautiful story about somebody who experienced the super added power of God that brought something that was dead back to life. Okay, watch this. All right, let's start reading this together. One day Elisha, he went down to the town of Shunem. It's the second Kings chapter four, verse eight. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him, the prophet, to come to her home for a meal. And after that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. So here's this wealthy woman, and she, she, she meets this prophet, and they strike up this relationship. And every time the prophet is in that area, he decides to eat at her house. It's pretty awesome. All right. Verse, verse 9. She said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him in the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. So she's making preparation here. And she wants to build this relationship with this man even further. This is beautiful. And so here's our first thing that you, you have to get a chance to see right here is that this woman had a relationship with the man of God or this her, her beauty for ashes starts with a relationship. We have to have a relationship with God. I'm not talking about a distant one, but I'm talking about one where you know God personally for yourself. And that starts first by becoming born again or knowing Jesus for yourself. If you don't know Jesus, if you've not put your faith in Jesus, I pray by the end of this message today that you will do exactly that when that invitation is coming. So the first thing this lady did but we started to have a relationship with the man of God. All right, verse 11. One day, Elisha returned to Shunem, and, went in, and, and he went up to this upper room to rest. This is his custom. He said to his servant, Gehazi, tell the woman Shunem, I want to speak to her. And when she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern that you have shown us. You mean, you've been so kind to us. You've gone out of your way to bless us. You gave us this, this amazing place to, to be able to rest and to, and to refresh ourselves. Look, what can we do for you? 
Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? Is there some special privilege you need? Do you have a citation that needs to be forgiven? Come on, I can take care of that, right? Do you, do you, are you having problems with your banker with something? I can take care of that. Maybe you're having an issue with your real estate taxes or getting a zoning clearance. I can take care of that, right? Remember, he's talking to a wealthy woman. No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. It's her way of saying, I'm supplied and I'm, and, and I, I'm good. All right, so this is very interesting because watch what happens here. Drop down to verse 14 to save a little time. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? All right, so Elisha, the prophet, he knew that this woman wanted something. But this woman, even though she had a relationship with Gehazi, he, or, or with the prophet, she was holding back. And Elisha knew it, all right? And so watch this. So Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. It makes sense. This woman, what she really wanted was a child. What she really wanted was offspring. She wanted to raise her own kid, but she was too embarrassed to ask the man of God. Probably because she thought, there's no way that an old woman like me, an old man like him, there's no way these dead people, these dead parts can come back to life again. That's too way out of the picture. I better settle on something else. And since my needs are already met, I have everything else that I need. I really don't need anything. But the one thing I need, come on, somebody, the one thing that I need, and she held back because she was embarrassed I believe, or she didn't believe that that was something in the realm of possibility. But I want you to see something here. You're going to see an amazing thing happen. Watch this. Call her back, verse 15, Elisha said to her. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. He says, next year, you are going to have a baby. <laughs> Isn't this awesome? No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. Imagine that. Hasn't that ever happened to you where somebody promised you something and it was, in your mind, you thought it was an impossibility? It's no way that, that it can actually come to pass, right? But in your mind, you said, please don't get my hopes up. Don't get my hopes up. And I think a lot of us do that. We don't want to stretch ourselves. We don't want to get our hopes up because we get disappointed and we get disappointed again and again and again. And, and then that disappointment leads to some kind of sickness and depression. But right here, she said, don't get my hopes up like that. Verse 17, but sure enough, the woman said, the, but sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said, a miracle. This is so beautiful. God blessed her with a miracle child. You have to get a hold of this, all right? Now, check out what happens in this story. Verse 18, one day when the child was older, he went out to help his father who was working at the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, this is the son, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, Carry him home to his mother. Something had happened to the son. Something attacked him. His head started to hurt, right? So the servant took him home, and his mother held him on her lap. This is the miracle son. But around noontime, he died. 
She carried him and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and left him there. The son, the miracle son that God gave her dies in her lap. And she puts him upstairs in the prophet's room. What a story. Listen, listen, get a hold of this. This, the son was a gift from God. This gift from God is now dead. What has been given to you? What have you believed for? You've received. And suddenly it's gone. It died. Maybe that marriage you believe for is dying. Maybe that business you're believing for, it was successful. But because of COVID-19, now it's dead. Maybe a relationship that you once had. I mean, you were, you were tight. You were close. But something happened. A rift happened. And now the relationship is dead. Oh, here's all the time, especially with young adults, as they begin to transition into developing relationships of their own and for marriage, how relationships break off and there's this disappointment. What in your life has died? This gift came to this woman and it was stolen. Who stole it? Guys, we've read it earlier. The thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's his job. His job restriction, the restriction is to steal. Satan's job just restriction is to take away, is to kill, is to mar, is to maim. That's his job. But God's job, come on, somebody, is to bring it back to life. God's job is to restore. I want you to see this, how God is going to now take ashes and turn them into something beautiful. Watch this. So, verse 24, she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. And as she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. And he said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask, is everything all right with you, your husband or your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. I want you to see this attitude of faith that this woman had. Yes, everything is fine. Come on, sometimes you just have to say yes in the face of that difficulty. Sometimes you just have to believe God in the face of a death or a dead situation and trust God. That's what this woman did. She didn't run to the neighbors. She didn't get on Facebook. She didn't start the prayer chain going. She went right back to the man of God, or in her case, she went right back to God, right back to her relationship. But when she saw the, but when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you, don't do this to me? If you're going to bless me, don't, don't take it away, right? If you're going to do this, don't play games with me like this. This is what she says here. And the prophet is so moved by this because the prophet knows that God blessed her with this child. The prophet knows that the pro that child was stolen. A thief came in to steal. I'm telling you, a thief can come in and steal our marriages. A thief comes in to steal our money. A thief comes in to steal our children. A thief comes in to steal those things that God gives us. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord wants you to know 
that he's going to turn some things around right now. Right now. Watch this. Watch how the, the prophet responds. Verse 32. When Elisha arrived, so Elisha goes to the woman's house. The child was indeed dead, lying there in the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. And then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on them, the child's body began to grow warm again. Ashes are beginning to turn into something beautiful. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. And this time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes, something that was dead has now come to life. It was the will of God, the gift of God, that gave that woman that miracle son. And it was the enemy that stole that son. And it, it, it again was the gift of God that restored that son. Come on, you guys. You have to get a hold of this. What's in your life that you believed for? What's in your life that you've prayed for? What's in your life that you've been standing for got the breakthrough only to watch it be whisked away by something? I, I feel that's a prophetic implication that God wants you to get here today. That he's going to restore your losses. He's going to take those ashes of that loss and turn it into something beautiful. Isn't this awesome? Come on, somebody out there, would you just receive that today? Do you receive this today? All right, so, but here's the, the question that I always get when we start talking about something like this. Okay, I understand that. She prayed, she believed, got the miracle, Satan came in and stole it, and it was restored. But what about, what about if I've made a bad choice? What about if I entertain something I shouldn't have entertained? What if I just went down a bad road? What if I just spent my life living it wayward and recklessly, all right? What about me? What about situations like that? Can God still make something beautiful out of ashes? Man, if you don't know that he can still do that, then you don't know the miracle God that we serve. You don't know how much God loves humanity. You don't know how much God loves you. I want you to see something. That scripture that we read in Isaiah 61 that we opened up with, all right? Man, when you understand the context of that scripture, I believe it's going to open up a whole new realm of understanding, especially if you're like me, where you wasted years thinking because of your bad choices bad things you got yourself into that you didn't deserve the blessing of God on your life, all right, or anything. And so the context of that scripture, that scripture in Isaiah 61, listen to this, it was written to the Israelites, all right, as they were coming out of Babylon captivity. It had been 70 years, listen, that's two generations almost, 70 years that the Israelites, because they disobeyed God, because they made some bad choices, because they got themselves into idol worship, and because they turned away from God and his blessing, all right, they went into captivity for seven years. They were overtaken by the Babylonian uh, era. Listen, imagine 
Imagine the people, this is their homeland, and they were carried away from their homeland into captivity for 70 years. Think about this. That would be like somebody invading the United States of America and all 300 million of us no longer being here anymore. That we are shipped out and the entire United States of America remains desolate. That's what happened for 70 years. We can't even imagine that. We, we, we can't even comprehend that. But that's what happened. So Isaiah 61 was written at the end of that captivity, at the end of that 70 years. Listen, God tells them, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to take that 70 years that you were in captivity, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to take the ashes of that period, the ashes of that loss, and I'm going to turn something beautiful out or make something beautiful out of all those ashes. That's what he says here. So they were in captivity as a result of their bad choices. Now God says, I'm going to let you go to your homeland. And I'm going to restore you. This is so beautiful. And I want you to notice this. When God makes this promise of beauty out of ashes, okay, he doesn't make this promise in the context of, all right, you've experienced loss at that place. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to restore you and I'm going to start over with you in a new place. No, no. What he does, he calls them to go back to the place of their loss, back to the place of their pain, back to the place of their hurt. And when they got back to Jerusalem, when they got back to Israel, the place was in shambles. It literally was ashes. That's why they needed to be consoled. They were sitting there in the heap of all these ashes and so discouraged. We're finally free, but we're, we're free and we have to come back to ashes. And God says in the middle of all that, I'm going to make something beautiful. I'm going to make something beautiful out of you. I'm going to make you into something great. I've got a great plan for your life. You have no idea what I have waiting for you. I just need you to believe. That's the context of beauty for ashes. It came out of a bad decision, out of idol worship. It came out of people that decided to make some bad decisions. Oh, I know I'm talking to some people right now. We have all made bad choices, bad decisions. We've all held things against people. We've all held on to hurts. We've all held on to the rejection and feelings of inferiority, like there's no way I'm coming out of this mess. There's no way that this thing can come back to life. We've all dealt with it. I want your faith to be supercharged today that we serve a super added God that wants to super add that dead thing and bring it back to life, all right? Now, listen, a lot of you, you're looking on to something new. I'm telling you, don't look on to something new because right where you are, right in the exact place where you're at is what God is promising us. He's going to make something beautiful out of those ashes. That's exactly what happened to Israel. Something beautiful came out of all of those ashes. Now, here's something else I want you to get. This is the prophetic implication. 
Now, just listen to this part. Just get this. The Bible says, at the right time, they left captivity and went back. And I want you to know something. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, this is the right time for ashes to be turned into something beautiful. This is the time. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. I believe because we serve an amazing God who loves us, died for us, who's not condemning us. The scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever not, who believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We love that scripture. And for those of you that don't know Jesus, I pray that you understand that scripture is for you. But verse 17 is for us as well because the scripture goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Friends, listen, if God isn't condemning the world, God is not going to condemn you, the believer. I am telling you, right in that dead situation, whatever you have, whether it's your health, your business, your marriage, something going on in a relationship with your kids, I'm telling you, now is the time that this amazing God that we serve wants to bring beauty out of those ashes. Can you get a hold of this today? This is so beautiful. Hey, listen, I want you to know something. There's a, there's a, there's a plan here, and I'm going to show you the plan on how to do this, and it's so simple. And you, when you hear this, you're going to be like, that's just way too simple. <laughs> yeah, because there was another guy in the Bible. His name was Job. And Job was in a situation as well. He found himself in a pile of ashes, basically. Job was one of the most successful men in the Old Testament. Successful in land and wealth and, and children and family. Everybody knew that, that Job was blessed. And everybody knew and there that God had blessed Job. And he was famous. Listen, he was famous because he was blessed. But they also knew that the enemy came to kill, steal, and to destroy and stole from Job, all right? Now, there's a lot of controversy about, you know, about Job and, and how the enemy came in. Here's what I want you to know. One, Job was blessed. The Bible clearly tells us he was blessed. Two, the Bible also tells us that it was the devil that came in there and stole everything from Job, stole his children, killed his children. Stole his livestock, stole all of his money. His wife left him. Boils came upon him, all right? He did not know what was happening to him, all right? Lost everything, all right? And he finds himself in this pile of ash. Pot, this heap is what he finds himself in, basically. And in this miserable place, Job has these three friends that try to consult him. He has these three friends that try to help him figure out what happened to this blessed man of God. We all knew that God blessed you. What happened? Why has God turned on you like this? Why has God done these things to you? And for nine months, listen, I want you to know something. Job's suffering only lasted nine months. That's it. All right, so get a hold of that. Somebody's saying, I'm suffering like Job for 30 years. Listen, that's not the case. All right. I want you to get a hold of this. But for nine months, Job laid in this heap of ash, trying to figure out, trying to reason what happened to him, all right? And at the end of this ordeal, God speaks to Job. And I want you to see something. Here's how something beautiful comes 
out of ashes. This is our part in this thing. We know God can do it. And we know God can do it for others. But will God do it for us? And I want you to know the answer is absolutely yes. Come on. The answer is yes. But what happened to Job here is a model for you and I. How God can take our ashes, something that's dead, and turn it into something that's beautiful right now. All right, so I want you to see this in Job 42, verses 1 through 6, and we're getting ready to close, all right? I hope you're getting something out of this. We're getting ready here, all right? Look what it says here in Job 42. Let's, I want you to read Job's response to God as God begins to talk to him. Notice what it says here. Then Job replied to the Lord. Watch this. I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. Watch this. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things too wonderful for me. Job is admitting, he's admitting, I said things that I had no idea. One of the things I know that Job said is the Lord gives and the Lord takes. Job said it. A man said it. But God never said it because Job didn't know it was the thief that came to kill, steal, and to destroy. And so they were all blaming God that God did all this. Friends, I want you to know it was very clear the devil did this. Just like the devil stole the Shunammite's woman, a, a, a son, the devil did this to Job. And so Job says, I said things I knew nothing about things too wonderful for me. And you said, listen, and I will speak, and I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I'd only heard about you before. Listen, I only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. He says, listen, I sized you up wrong, Lord. I said things about you that were wrong, Lord. Here's the first thing we have to do, guys. You want your ashes to be turned into something beautiful? Here is the first thing you have to do. You have to come to the end of yourself. You have to admit that you don't have it all figured out. You have to admit that maybe you were part of the problem of how you got into the situation, and that's okay. You have to admit, you have to admit that you don't know everything. I have to admit that there's just things I'm never going to understand. I have to know, I have to admit that. There's only one God. He's God. Job had to come to the end of his self. And I'm telling you, sometimes we just have to come to the end of ourselves too. Then I want you to see what happens here. All right? This is the first thing. You got to come to the end of yourself. Now, here's the next thing that Job had to do. Verse 42 or Job 42, verse 10. Watch what this says here. And when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. I want you to see two things here. Get ready to have God super add to your life Get ready to have some dead things come back to life. Get ready to have some ashes turned into something beautiful. Or get ready. He had to come to the end of himself, and 
he had to pray for his friends. Isn't that amazing? These are friends that people that, that were trying to console him, but in one regard, were rebuking him and showing him all the shortcomings and his faults. Come on, you can imagine the buildup inside of him. Maybe the resentment, maybe the anger that he had with those guys. And yet the Lord says, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. Get a hold of this, you guys. Job had to come to himself. He had to get rid of whatever was on the inside of him for those guys and pray for them, all right? That's when the Lord restored him twice as much. Come on, it's so simple. Everything with God is simple. We complicate it. Friends, this is our strategy for those things that are dead in our life to come back to life. It's so simple. God is the one who wants to do it. God is the one who wants to super add to you. Look what it says here in verse 12. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. Come on, how many of you need God to bless you in the second half of your life? How many of you need God to do more for you today and for the rest of your life than he has ever done before you in the past? All right, I'm telling you, this is the promise for us to stand on. I, wanna, I, wanna, I just want to close with one last thing here because there's something here that the Lord wants us to get that is so beautiful. I've never seen this before. I thought it was very interesting. Look at verse 13. It says, he also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. He named his first daughter Jemiah, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Hapuk. This is interesting. I thought this was so interesting that God doesn't list the names of the seven boys, but he lists the name of the seven girl or the three girls. This is interesting. Whenever I see stuff like this, I know there's something here that the Holy Spirit wants us to get. And I'm telling you, this is part of receiving and walking in the super added life that he has for us. Are you ready for this? That first name, Jemiah, in the Word of God, because all names in the Bible have really cool meanings, okay? It means dove. And the name Keziah means tree. And the, and the name Karent Hapuk means horn. What does this all mean? Listen, I want you to see something. This is so beautiful. The dove in the Bible always refers to the Holy Spirit. So here we have a type and a shadow. It says the Holy Spirit, the tree, okay? Who's in the tree? Come on, you guys. Jesus hung on the tree. Our Savior hung on the tree. You have the dove, the Holy Spirit. You have the tree. You have Jesus on the tree. What does it equal? It equals the horn. What's the horn? The horn in the Word of God always represented power. It always re represented abundance. It always represented prosperity. It always represented, come on, what's the word? Super added. Isn't this so beautiful? Right here in this scripture, God shows us the Holy Spirit and Jesus together lead us to the super added life. Isn't that amazing? Right here 
is he wants us to see how he brings dead things back to life in our lives. Friends, what do you have that's dead in your life? What is it? We talked about it. It's money, business, relationships, marriage, ministry. What's in your life that God needs to super add to it? He wants to do it today. I want to pray for you, whatever that is right now. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he's just saying right now, just receive. Just receive. Come to the end of yourself by putting your hands up right there as you're watching me. Come to the end of yourself and admit that you don't know everything. We all have to come to this place. Receive right now. And who in your life do you have to release? Who in your life do you got to pray for? Who in your life that you just need to just get over? Come on. Would you just do that right now? Do it right now. And I believe in this anointing. God is going to start a super added work in your life for some dead things to come back to life. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, I pray for everyone who is just with their heart stretched forth right now. Holy Spirit, touch them right where they are. There's no distance in the Spirit. Touch them right where they're at right now. Lord, I just pray for that business to come back to life, that you would super add your life into that business. Lord, that you would super add life into that dying, dating relationship. That you would super add life, Lord, into that career. Super add your life into that ministry, Lord, that's faltering. Super add your life, Lord, to that marriage. Lord, we serve the God who raises the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. Bless them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you. <laughs> the beginning of this super added life comes when you come to the end of yourself and you say, I need a Savior, like all of us have. We need a Savior, not because of our sin. We need a Savior because of Adam's sin that's been passed on to all mankind. Man, we've been born into sin, that's what the Bible says. But God wants to super add to your life, if you'll just let him right now. How does he do it? It comes by putting our faith in his son, Jesus if you're watching today and you've never put your faith in Jesus, would you just let me lead you there? Would you pray? Just a simple prayer. And when you do, I promise you, God will begin the super added process in your life. It's called the process of salvation. The process of knowing that when you leave this earth, you're going to spend eternity with God. The process of beginning to understand how much God really loves you. Oh, this is where it begins. So friends, if you've not put your faith in Jesus, would you bow your head right where you're at right now and pray the simple prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you as my Savior. Please 
super add to my life. I need a fresh start. I believe that you're the son of God and you died for my sins. And God raised you from the dead to pay for my sins. I take you as my personal savior now. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Amen. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.